Welcome to Leaders in Conversation, a series of podcasts in which I, Annie Townen, talk with inspiring leaders about who they are and what they really care about. Today, I'm thrilled to be in conversation with chef and low-carb lifestyle campaigner Giancarlo Caldesi, who is on a mission to help people through what they eat to combat type 2 diabetes and to live a happier and healthier life. Together with his wife, Katie, they run two restaurants, write books, run a cookery school and regularly appear on popular TV shows. They're also parents of two children. Welcome, Giancarlo, to Leaders in Conversation. Thank you, Annie. Uh, That's very kind of you to invite me. I'm delighted. Giancarlo, I'd love to hear about where you grew up and who and what shaped you. I was born in 1952 in Montepulciano, which is uh, Italy, and uh, Tuscany, one of the most beautiful parts of Italy. It was very rugged and it was very Tuscany. It was been, especially at the centre, the winter was very harsh. And so it was a, a very a sort of a, a harsh life, really. We had um, our own little uh, land. We, we, didn't, we, we possessed the, our house and the land. So essentially, I grew up working all the time in the land, uh, looking after chickens, pigs, ducks, uh, cows. So a total farmer, really. And um, that's the beginning of my life, a healthy life. Also, I would like to say, sometime a very perilous and dangerous life. I, in my young age, I've had so many experiences of, um, unfortunately, sort of a witnessing my my friends dying, drowning, all sorts of things that uh, they're, they're quite an intense, quite a, a, a formative upbringing from the very early age. Um, uh, everything has been marked by events that really, one way or another, um, later on in life, it appears and, and you learn from it. You mentioned that the events of some of your friends drowning and of some of the difficulties. Who else and what else shaped you during those years? When I was young, uh, my family comprised of nine people there. And quite frankly, if I look back, there was quite a lot of serious violence. And I don't know what effect that has had on me eventually, whatever. But certainly, it leaves an indelible mark uh, for you as as a child. I remember an example trying to divide my grandfather from his son fighting, or my dad with his brother fighting, trying to save my grandfather, there was a bit dementia, uh, uh, going to drown himself and nearly drowning myself as well. We had no money, no money at all, um, but we always had good food. My mom was a great cook. I remember being seven years old or six ago to kill my first rabbit, kill my first chicken, bring it to my mom, plucking it. So all those life skills that unfortunately on the modern world, there isn't a need. It's not that you have to do it. I've learned to adjust my life in accordance in the place where you live. If here, it does no need to kill a chicken, why do you want to go and kill a chicken? There isn't a need. So the shaping of that life was uh, you needed to, the toilet was outside the house, uh, no, no running water, no electricity, nothing, really just a, just a house. So I used to go and fetch water from them from the well, which was not very far. So I was only eight or nine years old. My dad used to 
lower me down with a rope into the well and me mending it. So, boom, boom, I'm drowning. Can you please pull me up? That is fact, you know. But it was, it, it took everything in a, in a normal life. I nearly got eaten by a pig once and my mum saved me, but it happens. But it's so interesting because the, the formative years of anybody, I believe, is where you're born. And if you spend the first 20 years of that life in that land, you are you. Yes. And it's indelible. It's, it just is. And one should accept that and live with that and say, well, that's what I am. It doesn't excuse you to be a bad person or to do other things, but it's who you are. Mm-hmm. Moving on from the seven, eight, ten years old or 12, 11 years old, I was already driving tractors to plow the land. When you drive a tractor up to a steep hill and then your cousin a few weeks later rolls the tractor and he dies, you know, uh, under the tractor, and then you're going to do the same job. And there was dangers, um, you know, real danger, could have lost your life. Then things happen like um, somebody shot somebody with a shotgun for real. And, you know, you all those things, you put it into the baggage and, and, and then you forget your father being a prisoner in Dachau, uh, talking to you. And I can see why it was the way it was. Because when you have been for two years in Dachau, I think your life is totally different. And I get it. And even now, at the age of 69, I can see the way I go about it to money terms, other things. It's all those things that you had to really learn at an early age that shapes you as you go along. You don't see that, but it does. The food never wasted. The real food from your own real home, you know. Um, me going and really being a, be a thief, go to another field to bring some food home for my mom because we didn't have what we wanted. So you learn those things that eventually, if I can sit down and think properly, it's been a, a, an immense uh, help of listening. And especially now, actually, as you get older, you listen more because the, you have less energy to run around, at least for me, but you're beginning to listen more. And that kind of listening, you listen to the earth, you listen to the floor you're walking, and you can see people's movement and you can understand what they're up to because I've been a thief, I've been a good boy, bad boy, any boy. I know lots of things. One doesn't have to be proud. It's a tapestry of life, no matter what anybody says. You have to go through a few things to really have to form your character, you personally. And if you are lucky that your brain hasn't got great faults, which is really sometimes is not your fault. You're wired differently. But my life has been a, a series uh, of uh, incidents, um, always something different, always something. When I decided that the farming wasn't for me or well, I couldn't stay or I didn't want to stay, whatever, and then I went to be a, a, um, a sort of a... Carpenter, nearly chopped my hand off, nearly, nearly but that was close call. My, my fingers, there, you can see they're indented by a chainsaw. Uh, I then decided to go and do a college for catering. And then in the college, I went, even that, full of incidents, full of things. Incredible, actually, if you look at the day, the way people are going, the way you were uh, used. I went to the Hilton in Rome. The Cavalieri Hilton in Monte Mario in Rome was the best hotel 
in the wide, wide world at that time in the 70s. And you serve King Juan Carlos, uh, the Amaktoum family, uh, you, you name uh, Joe Frazier, uh, David Niven. I met all these people personally. And, um, and being me all the time, being live wire, I didn't have problems to meet these people and talk to them. So, uh, Lee Van Cleef, an example, he gave me a wonderful message to when I came to London with his wife. Uh, said, Giancarlo, have a great, I hope you get made a great success when you go to London. From a humble sort of a little uh, holding, at which I thought, and this is important to understand, I thought everybody was white, everybody was Catholic. And men wore trousers and the woman wore a skirt. No mm -hmm. feminist has nothing to do with that at all. It's just the environment he was born. That's what, I, what it was. I had no resentment. It doesn't matter to me. So catapulted into Rome where we were, the, the boy said to me one night, come on, Giancarlo, we go and see some girls. So I went around the, the, the town and along one way walk, there was these girls. I asked her, what's her name or whatever, she turned around and it was a man dressed in girls. So i never seen anything like that in my life. So I ran away. I really ran away. I was so scared. But what I'm saying, can you see the thoughts of your mind thinking truly, guys, that you, everybody's white, so your yes. life changes. So you need to make adjustment as you go along. Giancarlo, you have made some huge adjustments because you're describing to me a, a way of life and upbringing full of events and experiences in your young life and teenage life that massively shaped who you've become, but also that learning to respond to the environment that you are in, one of the big lessons that you learned is to respond to be open to the environment that you're in and you have catapulted yourself into different environments. Before we move on, what was it that inspired you or who was it that inspired you to go to cookery school? How did you know about cookery school from your upbringing, from the farm, from the rural life that you were living? Well, my mum, my auntie, another lady, which we were cooking all the time. So that was an inspiration itself. The fact later you looked at my qualification and everything, and what was left for me, I wasn't a university boy, um, because we didn't have money for me to go anyway. So you look at the practical side of it, and then you go and do what you have to do. Uh, the later in life I discovered that, seriously, I have a, I have a gift that I can cook, I really can cook and make things tasty and nice, not fancy, but I can cook. So that is a gift. And I, yes. and I embrace that and I'm very grateful. So the, the, the sequences after uh, in, in the Hilton, I used to play football for the Hilton and then and, and, and sort of a, quite a good football team there. And, um, we we did lots of things. We won championships, and there was the one day I lost the match by myself. One day I won it by myself. So that kind of hero, rogue, and, and so I had a great time. It was I was always motivated and perished by lots of people there, and I was very well known, to be honest. So that that also, it's really interesting and encouraging. Yes. Uh, then I went into the paratrooper, which I, I wanted to be a paratrooper because I, I said I'd be a waiter all my life and be in the kitchens or whatever. And in the army, I uh, one cousin of mine 
made sure that I wasn't going to jump all the time. So I, I had a chat with the captain, so can I speak to you as a man to man? And uh, I don't want to do this. I, I want to dive. That's what I came here to do. And so he gave me the opportunity to be a proper paratrooper. Having said that, uh, I witnessed my, my friend dying just 20 meters away from me, so took um, massive, massive um, problem. And also, you, on those levels, you don't go and aid and help, because if you go there, you can't see a crumpled body, and it's a disaster. The grenades been thrown, and so that also made me uh, more determined and more uh, assured and it, the, the, that taught me so much discipline that up to this day I walk straight and nobody's straight in front of me and my son says to me they do both say nobody has a mess around with you dad it's not that I'm big or that but it's the way you carry forward because I got nothing to fear why should I fear as another human being as me and if I see danger that danger is too much for me to cope I will go somewhere else so my early um, two years in the army, it was so formative that I'm so grateful, so formative. But also, I always stood my ground. I mean, a sergeant that made me do something, taking away my personality. I don't mind doing jobs, but don't, don't, don't take my personality away. So my, my focal points is very simple. You have to have your personality. You have to keep your integrity. You have to be you the way you are. Nobody should belittle you as a, yes. as a human or as a person, but people should say to you, look, the job is done wrong, so you go and do it right now. The importance of everything to me is that you respect the person as a person and the person as a duty, as a job. So this has been my mentality going through the, the business and everything else. So then... Uh, a big time to come to London. I came to London in 74. And what uh, was it that prompted you to come to London? In my business, if you don't travel, you don't get nowhere. Because if you want to be a, a general manager, if you want to something, if you don't speak languages, go. And, and so I was supposed to go to Dusseldorf uh, as a contract. But London came first, and I opened um, the, the Hilton in Park Lane. Then I opened... Um, uh, Kensington Hilton because they shipped me over there then I left and then uh, many other things happened I got married the first time with my first wife and um, and that's, uh, actually I was with my first wife for 17, 18 years really she already had a daughter my daughter I just spoke to her a few minutes ago we're still in good contact I enjoyed London in the 70s we were going out every, every time parties and I had a great time but I knew that that marriage couldn't last. I don't know. Just one of those things. But never argued. No, no bad feeling. And then I met Katie in '96, '97, something like that. Meeting Katie, everything changed because I, I couldn't stay in a marriage. Yes. So I moved on painfully, uh, which Katie as well. She was married too. So it's not. It's not a. Don't take it light. I had two restaurants when I met Katie, then three. I met Katie through the fact that she came to do some painting in my restaurant. And the interesting part of this is that um, as I shook hands with Katie, I said to myself, I will marry you and we'll have two kids. When I was little, I had a dream to have a family, a woman and a little girl already made. So I did. And then... I knew that I was going to reverse. I know everything, every minute of it. I really, I understand it. So in essence, I've learned that 
many signs of life we discourage to live with it and understand them because the outside forces we got too many things confusing us that we don't pay attention to our natural environment and instinct that is yes. the major problem that we have as a global problem Giancarlo there's something in what you're saying there that you referred to earlier about learning about listening really listening and the importance of listening to to instinct to paying attention to things that perhaps we don't always pay attention to which i think is very powerful and very important i knew that being with Katie was uh, something that i really wanted and um, it was an amazing courtship i can't nothing to take away uh, floating on air fantastic so we've had these two kids, which was amazing. Then we opened restaurants, which is amazing. Then we end up having a TV series, Return to Tuscany. Then we opened a cookery school. So we've done so many things. And then we started writing books. And uh, so far we've written about 14 books. Katie's written 14 books or 15, whatever it is. But, you know, so the, the whole thing uh, has changed dramatically. In the 90s, I thought, if I become a proper chef and be in the kitchen instead of being a frontman or entrepreneur, as I call myself, I'll have much more success. And that proved to be my thoughts correct because we had a TV program, we had a lot of books and been in all the programs. So... Call it success, call it what you like. It's, it's fine. If you are, if you have the personality to sustain um, demand as a as a um, well-known figure within your industry or outside, the people go, "Oh, I know you." What really in two thousand when my son was born, um, I was really accusing some some uh, difficulties myself on physical, like uh, my feet were not responding. I was looking quite chubby very chubby this this shirt would have been out and not, not, not fitting so um there is signs there that i wasn't well but where the business was driving running running i've always been very energetic i believe so i didn't pay much attention to that but in 2011 uh, the crunch came where i was not well really not well at all and also, uh, in, before that, I realized that monosodium glutamate, MSG, was really affecting me so much that I was so unable, it really wiped me out. So we discovered that I was allergic to something. So that's one step. Then I realized we did something in our house here to go back to the 50s and eating food of the 50s and changing things, doing things. We stopped eating gluten. We stopped, and I felt absolutely marvelous. My arthritis was subsiding, and so oh wow, I'm a different person. Within three days, I was a different person. Then uh, we realized that I was uh, sort of a very highly intolerant to gluten. On an American test, I'm celiac. In 2011, we decided to go low carb and uh, change lifestyle. Yes. With that change. Of me, I was 17 and a half stones. Within seven months, eight months, 10 months, 11 months, I lost three stones, three and a half stones, nearly four stones. Now, now I'm under 14 stones, 13, 12, 13, 10. And I've been like that for the last seven years now. So that was a pivotal moment where yes. life 
changed. I wasn't foggy in my brain. I wasn't tired. I wasn't falling over. I was able to do my shoelaces. Uh, I, I, I was able to uh, clinch my fist. Um, I was able to look at my nails, not psoriasis. My left eye has improved as a vision. Um, the whole thing is different. My brain is much alert. Uh, it keeps me wide awake. Um, but it is a, a massive, massive change. Yeah. Now, Huge. In a, in a very short sense, we've gone through 60 years or something. The problem that I've had is if I knew a few things were wrong and was listening to my body like I was listening when I was little, I would have been in such a better position that my instinct would have taken over and said, don't eat that, it's not good for you. Yes. The, the fact is, it's much easier to really accept and let somebody else do the job that knew go and be strong and absolutely adamant to really say, no, I, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you need to monitor yourself the beneficial moments that you have from the night that you had something and the morning you wake up, the night you had something and the morning you wake up. Systematically understanding who you really are and do you really need to put three spoons of sugar in your mouth before you go to bed? The answer is clearly no. This, uh, this um, sort of uh, changes. What was really the, the motivating factor? Katie wanted to write books and said, I said, look, why don't you write books about diabetes? So lots of lots of things happened, really, and people can look up and find out. Mm. So we wrote the book about the, the diabetes, the weight loss and diabetes uh, cookbook uh, by Katie and Giancarlo Caldese, which was a, a best, one of the best seller in Amazon. Uh, really, honestly, that was a serious bestseller book. Then other books have come about, like the last one is the 30 Minutes Diabetes Cookbook. And then in the spring next year, we'll have a weight loss cookbook. The, the fact is that because of my condition and because of my determination, because of my wanting to share this with others, that's where we are at the moment. Um, mentally, physically, healthily, I had all the checks, everything done. Uh, I'm, I'm nearly 70 and I'm in good shape. I really am in good shape. I'm really happy to be me. Age matter. I can't run as fast as when I was 19 or 20. I won't jump from planes because I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do it. But the fact is, it's important to have learned those lessons if or and listen to your lesson if you learn now how to act and go about this moment in time. Yeah. It genuinely feels it's never too late to do something. Unfortunately, the time is past. What's gone is gone. What you didn't get, you didn't get. But what you get now has a different flavor, is shaped differently. It might not feel as exhilarating as when you were 20, jumping from a plane and feeling that whoosh of a wind 
and suddenly you're lost in the sky and then the ground comes to you, you don't go to the ground at the beginning, then you bash, to, then you go, oh, I'm back again. The fact is that all of this, we need to learn the age matter and what happened now is, is we have to take it in a different light, in a different way, because you cannot reenact your youth. You had what you had, and you are what you are. 2019, October, I had a dream. All in front of my eyes, I saw exactly until June this year, COVID-19. And I made provision to take money away from certain parts. No, I'm talking about millions. You don't. But I saved myself a lot of money. I phoned the bank, I done things, and I and I and I beginning to be motivated that I need to move on. I saw the COVID-19 and the first wave, then there was a second, a third, then the fourth and the fifth, in fifth, in five different lights. And the last one is a, a big, big swimming pool with a black border around, big, big pool with a black border, like, you know, the black marble, lots of stones inside, all white, that tombstones, and the, the water's totally, totally clear. I wrote to the government, and I told them that certain things should change, and I wrote something in my, in my little diary, 10 rules, or whatever they were that we should abide if we still want to stay in business. And so if I can have this vision and I can feel these thoughts, I think at the age of 69, I better sit down, think a little bit more, and put all my experience of life and yes. try to have a, let's say, a better day. But there is always a twist to every day. The only thing that exists is determination, love, and humility is important. And also, you have to have faith that you can do it. The faith is you and yourself. You can do it. You can motivate yourself. You have to have that strong link without you being too over-exuberant or less exuberant. My final message is truly, you have to love yourself, appreciate yourself, and value yourself. Not that you're better than anybody else, but that you really are strong within yourself. Giancarlo, thank you. That makes a lot of sense. For those people who would like to know more about you, where is the best place to find out about you, to find out about you and Katie, about your restaurants, books, courses? Uh, well, you have to go www.caldesi.com and uh, otherwise you'll look at Wikipedia and put my name into your Wikipedia, Giancarlo Caldesi, and uh, you'll see everything come up. And um, obviously Katie Caldesi, and um, we, we have, as I said, um, 14 books and uh, the cookery school, two restaurants, one in Bray called Caldesi in Campania and the one in Marlborough, Caldesi Marlborough, which have been there since 1993. Thank you so much for being so generous, so open, uh, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your story, for being in conversation with me today. And I look forward to our next conversation where we'll focus on all the business aspects of running a healthy, sustainable business. 
Thank you. <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. Thank you so much, Debbie. To listen to other Leaders in Conversation, do go to my website, annietownend.com. If you would like to be a leader in conversation, please get in touch with me via email, annie at annietownend.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. <laughs>